0: Welcome to the Profit First REI podcast, where real estate investors master financial management, eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, and learn to be profitable from day one. Now for your host, David Richter. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Profit First REI podcast. It's your host, David Richter. And we've got Luke Harris, another special guest today, who is absolutely doing amazing things in real estate and unique things, I would say, too. That it's not the typical wholesale, it's not the typical fix and flip or the rentals or whatnot, which he's got an awesome superpower. He is a client of Simple CFO. So, this is in that series. And his superpower is the land wholesaling and seller financing notes. So I just gave away his superpower here that he has, which I'm super excited to talk about that. That'll be a little bit different than the ones we've talked about in the past. He just and as we're recording this, just at this month, he just had a baby too. His third child was born. So he's also, and he did tell me that she's sleeping through the night now like the other two children, So, which is awesome. So I think he's actually going to be awake for this podcast and be able to uh, help you know help you guys here. So just wanted to mention that too. And then at the end, we'll tell you what how you can connect with him. But Luke, great to have you. Thanks for agreeing to be on and just want to start diving right into it. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Luke, what got you started in real estate? What got you started going down this path?
1: So, my background is in forestry. Uh, I'm a consulting forester. That's what I went to school for. And I did that for, uh, I guess it was three or four years I had been doing it. And so, I just started looking into buying cheap land and how do you get land inexpensively. And, like David said, that's what my business is currently. Um and I just started Googling it and I found some of these, you know, gurus online that teach you how to flip raw land and just started diving in and doing it. And the, the business, I guess two, three years it became a full-time thing. And then for about the last year and a half or two, um, I've been doing it as my full-time gig and, and growing the business.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So you just Googled, you just Googled it and started finding the people that were doing it. And then, so did you, like, did you attend their events by their courses? Like what got you, Did was how did you actually learn that process and go down that path?
1: Yep. So there was probably three different guys that I, Seth Williams, I don't know if you've heard of him, yep. uh, Mark Podolski, and then Jack and Jill with Land Academy. I think those were the three that I dove in with the most. Then being a coaching program with Mark Podolsky, the land geek is what he calls himself. Um, so yeah, I went to, I went to a bunch of his events, did, did his coaching program pretty expensive, but it was totally worth it. Awesome. Yeah. And then ended up, you know, starting to hire virtual assistants and getting more people on the team. And, um, we've got people, we have an office now as of last fall and, and people here in person. So
0: Awesome. So how many deals or land deals do you do or is the seller financing notes with the land or like, where are you now versus when you started out, you know, back then?
1: Yeah. So the first year, I think I started, I think it was in April. I started sent about a bunch of postcards out. I didn't really do a ton that first year. I mean, the whole, I always wanted to have my own business, but the whole like entrepreneur world was kind of completely foreign to me. My dad's an engineer. And I mean, we had like kind of small business stuff growing up, but really knowing how to manage my time and be efficient and everything was kind of a whole new thing to me. So, but yeah, I only did, I think six or seven deals that I actually sold full cycle that first year. Then I did like 40 and these were all the the niche I was in was these really small parcels, like selling. I probably sell them for an average of like 99 a month for Mm -hmm. like five years Yeah, and buy them for like a thousand sell for uh 199 down and 99 a month is about my average deal. Okay. Um so yeah, 40, 40 some I think the next year then I think I did maybe it was 60 and then 80 and then uh then I did coaching at that the end of that year and it jumped up to like 190 or maybe it was a little over 200 and then last year in 2020 I did 520 deals. Wow. And this year we're On track to probably do less than that, but we're doing much larger deals. So I think we're maybe at around 300 sales this year or something like that altogether, but there's a lot more of the larger margin ones in there. So
0: yeah, that's still incredible because I also want you, if you're listening to this right now, if you heard, he got that mentor, he got that person in his life that really had been there, done that, and was doing that. And he said it cost a lot, but it was well worth it. So I just want to make sure you get that nugget. I'm always trying to pull those nuggets out of this. And I feel like that was probably one of your, the keys to your success was trying to model someone who had gone down this path and getting that mentorship from someone. And then you actually did it. Then you execute it. That's where a lot of people fall off that bandwagon. It's like, okay, I did six or seven deals, but then you jumped up to 40. Then you did you know, a lot more. You did 520, now 300 and more profitable deals now. So it's just, it's definitely a learning curve. And then going from that mindset of employee, engineer, you know, that background to entrepreneur, that is a journey. That's a journey for everyone. I feel like even if you have that in your background, you're going to still struggle with the, those internal thoughts that everyone has. So now I really appreciate that. I think that, that's awesome. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about jumping into it, it doesn't matter your background, like get around people like Luke who are successful, listen to what he's done, and you can get there as well too. So thank you for that. That was awesome. So let's go into like maybe before we go into talking about money specifically why real estate why did you start and what is there a purpose behind it like what is there because you're doing a lot of seller financing so this could be long term wealth building and so like what is uh what's the why behind it
1: yeah so i guess originally my big why was i was traveling for my my timber i was doing timber inventory work as a forester and with a young family even in part of part of the time we were bringing our infant and up to when he was like one or two with us traveling out of town and, you know, living a life on the road like that is just, for me, it wasn't a sustainable way to raise a family. Yeah. So for up until, you know, the land business was really paying my bills. That was my big why was to provide for my family and provide a situation for them that I, you know, didn't have to be gone all the time, you know, they would come with me, but it's just a tough, tough situation. Um, But then once I got to the point where it was paying the bills um, I would say it's kind of twofold Um, really what I've, I've been trying to build a culture and my whole, like one of the big purposes for the business is just to help people. So we give away a portion of our net profit that's allocated to just give away and help people. Um, and I really want to provide, you know, top-notch jobs that pay really well for people in the community. And then also back to the why I kind of got to into it in the first place. Uh, Timberland uh, is what I love. And so building up a portfolio of Timberland long term is what I want to do.
0: Awesome. No, I love that. And I love that that spirit of giving. I feel like that a lot of the people that we interact with that if they've got that spirit, it's it's amazing how their business is blessed and how it is, you know, getting to where they really want to be because they're helping other people when money's not the focus. And it's just not all about the getting and, you know, just getting as much as we can, but about being that conduit and sharing it with the, you know, sharing it with the good people around you too. I love what you said about culture. So these are, if you're listening again, these are key things inside of your business that you have to be focused on because it's, you're going to get to a point like Lucas, where, you know, the money is amazing, but it's like what you can really do with that money long term and making that impact that is really going to help you and help those others around you. So that was, that was awesome. So let's go into then where you learned about money and where did you get some of that? Like what, how you wanted to give and, you know, like all that stuff. So, and, you know, like where you, where you are now?
1: Yeah, really, as far as my whole kind of concept of money and how I relate to it in my life. My parents obviously played a very influential role in that, and they are extremely responsible with their money. And I think ingrained in me a lot of uh, important principles that, you know, I'd like to pass on to my kids too, but like they, uh, I, you know, I probably don't necessarily agree to a T all the stuff that they, um, you know, how they handled money, but like, Um, they paid so for example, they paid off their first house, um, I think in like eight years or something like that, very, um, you know, disciplined with their finances, had a budget, um, and never overextended themselves. So one of my big core values going into business was zero debt at all. Um, like we ended up, we built a house, we finished it in August last year and we didn't take out a loan. We just... You know, we built it with very small, it's only 800 square feet, but we just paid cash for the whole thing because it was, and we lived in a single wide trailer before that um, because we wanted to save and um, and pay cash for a house. So, you know, and in some ways, I think if you have, it's almost like a little bit of a too restrictive mindset, maybe that I grew up with, with, um, you know, a lot of people in the business world would refer to it as like an abundance mentality, which Hopefully I've been able to develop that a little bit more, but, um, but I think having the foundation of, you know, extreme discipline, no debt, my personality is much more to just like do everything and pull the trigger on everything. And I think having that foundation, uh, that my parents instilled in me of not, not getting any debt early on, which I am doing a little bit now as I'm growing, just, um, you know, cause it's smart business but early on I just didn't do any debt. Um, and I think that, you know, set me up in a really good position.
0: Yeah, I believe
1: so too, because most business owners, they do, they,
0: they go into it thinking I'm just going to leverage everything all the time. And it is funny. I mean, your personal life is going to bleed into your business life. So if you don't have that discipline in the personal life and then you start a business, then it's like, that's going to bleed over. And that's where I love, you said, I got the discipline. You've got it down. You've got it to where it's, you know, I'm I'm getting it at the right place. And like you said, as you grow, you might need those loans just to get to where you want to be, but then you're still going to be smart with it. It's not now. And now it's not just like, oh, I got to do this to survive. It's like, how can I leverage this in the most to make the most impact? Because now I feel like that's your true. Why is like getting that impact out there. So that's amazing what you've done with the discipline of your of what you are doing with your business. But let's go into a little bit of what you said, what you want to pass on to your children. Like what what lessons around money now that you've learned and as you grow as a business owner. And I feel like just as you're growing as an entrepreneur and human being, you know, you just you get more. I feel like with being able to run this business because now you're focused on the culture, the impact you're now making that big difference in people's lives. What are those lessons about money that you want to pass on to your children? Since you just had your, the third baby born and you've got your other two, all, all his children are under three. So he's got a lot going on in his house. So what lessons as they get older, do you want to pass on to them?
1: Yeah, really probably all the stuff my, my parents passed on to me, like no debt, you know, unless you scale your business to where, like, I feel like the debt should come as like after your business is already profitable and then you can use it to scale as opposed to, you know, if you're doing a startup and you kind of, I don't know, it's really about your risk tolerance, I guess. But to me, I I would rather be in a position where I have the foundation all built and then, and then if I want to scale and the foundation is there, then you can use debt to make that happen. So yeah, no debt, you know, or smart debt would probably be a big thing. Um, budgeting, just the whole idea of delayed gratification, I think is really important as it relates to money. And as far as like business, you know, what I've learned in business, one of the biggest things probably lately and with working with Rocky on your team is getting a a large cash balance in the bank that's just sitting there. And I think early on in business, I was a little scared of doing that because I knew that I could make such a high return. If I reinvested it into buying more land as opposed to getting investors, which I was splitting the profit with, and it just gets very expensive doing that. So I would put all of my money back into buying more deals instead of letting a cash balance stack up in the bank. And, and I think having that, that large cash balance, you know, personally and in the business, I think is is important, especially with, You know, at some point here, we're going to be having another recession or economic downturn of some kind. And being that's really the the number one way that you can be prepared for that as a business owner or or even personally.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I love that. And also that helps you in those bad times capitalize on the opportunities, too. That gives you more opportunity to make more impact because now it's like, hey, I can. I can go out there and do what I need to do to help, you know, either buy this land or, you know, get create more jobs if it needs to be, you know, to as we grow that business. So I love that. I love what you want to pass on. This has come up several times too when talking with people. Did your parents talk to you about money growing up? It sounds like they did, or at least they displayed it, but was it talked about openly in your household when you grew up? Because that's something that comes up quite a bit.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh... Yeah, I'm not, I'm trying to remember if we actually had a time, excuse me, when we sat down and like, now we're going to talk about budgeting. Um, I definitely want to do that with my kids, but, um, I would say probably most of it was just hearing them talk about it and seeing how they lived it out in their lives, honestly. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I don't remember if we actually had a, they definitely talked about it a lot. Um but there wasn't necessarily like intentional times where it's like, okay, now we're going to sit down and talk about budgeting. So they more modeled it
0: for you then. And sounds like they were a stellar model because if you, if you're picking this up as you're listening, Luke has a very successful business. He's doing it less deals, but more profitable deals. I mean, that, that to me is like the son and bone of a business is like, if you can do less deals, but more profit and have the time, you know, and like have the other things in business, if you're able to create more impact and, all that. So I feel like they, like you said, they talked about it, maybe not with you, but they definitely lived it out and they have instilled things that are showing up in your business today. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's come up several times. So let's, since this is the Profit First REI podcast, what about Profit First? How did that mentality or like, when did that first come into play in your mind? Like if you picked up the book or, you know, like working with us, whatever it might be that kind of kicked that and sparked that interest.
1: So it was actually a while back, probably a year in, might've been two years into my kind of entrepreneurial journey. The, the coaching program that I did with Mark Podolsky, he's really big on profit first. So I kind of self implemented it, but I think there's been, you know, some, uh, and, and, and I think when it really, I think I knew about profit first. And then there was a year the classic, you know, scenario where you get to or um, April 15th and there's a big tax bill and you weren't expecting it. And it, you either don't have the money for it or you spend all the cash that's in your bank account. Um, so that happened. And I think that's when I, I think I had been, I had maybe even read profit first and I'd heard everybody talking about it. And then I was like, okay, I, got, I have to actually start doing this. Um, but, yeah, as of I guess what was it, two or three months ago, Rocky came on board and he's been um, one of David's CFOs, and he's been helping us revamp our our um, profit first system, which is kind of complex because we have all these owner finance deals, but then we also do the cash deals. so there's kind of multiple ways money's coming in. and um, but it's been helpful getting all that set up and and just the fact that the money is, it's like a psychological thing. Like the other, I don't know, a week ago, we were buying this bigger property that actually is next to ours. And I was going to use a private money lender to buy it. And he wanted to know how much cash we had in the bank. And I was like, I don't actually know. So I went through and I added it all up all the money that was in all of our accounts. And I was a little shocked at how much was there because it was all spread out between Mm -hmm. all these accounts. And I didn't see it all at one spot, which just means that, Profit first is working. It makes me feel like there's not enough money there. So it keeps me from spending it. Right. Um, even though it's there as a backup. So
0: no, that's awesome. And, and it sounds like too, that it's helped with the reserves. Cause you even mentioned that before, you know, getting those reserves in place, for that margin of safety, that's really what that is, right? It's that margin to give you that if there is a downturn or to capitalize or to show a lender if they're you know if they want that type of thing, so that's another thing that we see over and over with people is just having that you know adding that money up and being like, okay, wow, you know that is something that's really helpful too. so it sounds like that's been another key thing um that's been from this system that maybe before wasn't as uh wasn't as prevalent in the business. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: awesome. Then I love what you said too about not seeing the money. You know, like you've got a lot there. You've got a lot spread out across the place, but Profit First is working because Profit First is all about that discipline, the habits of being a profitable company and not just, you know, spending everything because you have it in that one account. So that's awesome. I love what it's doing for you. But then you did mention Rocky, who's a CFO on your team, you know, that we have there. But did you ever think as a small business owner without being like a publicly traded company or something that you would have a CFO on your team?
1: No. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a new concept, newish concept to me. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's helpful to because a lot of the what you have to do as a business owner is all this you know, brain work and decision-making and creating systems. And when there's a whole chunk of the business that you can have somebody else do without having a full-time, you know, CFO, which is obviously very expensive on the team, it can be very helpful to free up that brain space.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Because that's what we see because you're good at making the money, going out there, getting the deals, putting the team together, the culture, the people, the numbers, you know, like as the CEO, you've learned that role. But then you've got to you know make sure that there is that portion there about keeping the money too and having a system for the finances. So because Luke, if you if you're not if you're listening right now, you can tell Luke is that CEO. He has learned by the school of hard knocks and through mentorship and through those types of things, like, hey, this is what we need to do in order to get where we want to be. But then there's also that other side of like, hey, we also need to make sure we've got the money that we want to get to have in order to get where we want to be too. So I love that. And we're Wrapping up here, we've I've only got a couple of last questions here. So, is there anything else you recommend or encourage investors to do, either with their finances or just in general? Do you have general advice for adva- investors that are listening to this podcast right
1: now? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but I think it's it just keeps coming back uh, over and over again as I talk with people and I just look at you know what's happening in the economy that just piling up cash and not trying to be too aggressive about growing your business necessarily, but making sure you have a really big cash reserve before you scale. Um, I just think that's incredibly important. And I think a lot of people, you know, unfortunately, a lot of businesses will probably go under with whatever, you know, economic uh, crisis we have coming, you know, there'll be something, it might be a, a mild recession or, Um, or it might be more dramatic, I guess we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I think having that, having that cash in the bank, is like the number one thing you can do to protect your business against that.
0: Awesome. There you go. So there's Luke's advice. Get that money in the bank, have it there. Give yourself that little, that little pillow cushion of safety there, uh, so that way you can capitalize if there is a downturn, or just give yourself that peace of mind. So, Luke, lots of great knowledge bombs here. dropped the today on this podcast, and a lot, I believe, a lot of impact and value brought. So, I always like to end the to end the podcast saying and asking, is there any way our listeners can provide value back to you? One of the things that he wrote down that he needs is help making direct mail return on investment better. So if you have that, he'd probably like that connection, but I also want to give you the four Luke, if there's anything else, or if you want to connect with people or, you know, share where you're you know, posting things or whatnot, give you the four here.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> gosh, there's so many things all the time, but yeah, probably, um, probably getting our marketing more efficient. I think that it's going to be, I was just talking to my acquisitions manager right before this and about what we're going to try to make our quarterly goals next quarter. And, um, I think that's going to be one of them, um, is, is getting our, our direct mail more efficient. Um, so yeah, I I could definitely use help with that and I would love any input people would have on that.
0: Awesome. How can people reach out to you? Do you have a, social media, or do you want people to email your team or something to see, you know, like if someone's like, Hey, yeah, I could help you with that. Or I've got the perfect contact for you.
1: Uh, yeah. Probably email, email me is probably you just email me directly. Harris land company, LB uh, at gmail.com is my email address.
0: There you go. Harris land company, LB at gmail.com. So we'll put that in the show notes as well too. So that way you can have it right there. If you are listening to the podcast right now and want to just copy and paste that, if you're like, yes, I can help Luke. So just want to throw that out there Luke been amazing. Thank you for sharing your philosophies around money, just some of those things and your journey, your real estate investing journey. Congratulations again on the new baby girl that you have and love the lessons that you're going to be passing on uh, to your children as well too. And I think a lot of things from today's podcast can be very beneficial to you as a listener. So uh, if you like that podcast, send them an email too. Just say, hey, thanks for helping me or thanks for talking about you know, some of the things that you've gone through or that you've learned in your past. So I'm sure he would love to get emails like that. So I, this is it. So thank you so much, Luke. Have a great rest of your day, man. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you found this episode valuable, could you do me a quick favor? Can you give us an honest rating within iTunes? And be honest, you could say whether you liked it or not. And obviously, with iTunes, the more reviews and ratings we have, the better it is for other people that are searching for a profit first in a podcast. So we'd love to be ranked on there and that's thanks to your help so we would really appreciate that if you would like to go give us a rating also if you're looking to connect with us further i would highly recommend checking out our facebook group profit first for real estate investors and that's literally what it's called so you can type in profit first for real estate investors and you'll be able to find our facebook group right there so come join active real estate investors who are supporting each other and growing their businesses and profits together that's what that group is all about The link should be in the description below. And if you're interested in working with us and implementing Profit First in your real estate business, we offer coaching and guidance. So if you wanna work with someone who's actually Profit First certified and who works right now currently with real estate businesses, you can actually go start your application process by going to simplecfosolutions.com forward slash apply, or just go right to simplecfosolutions.com and there's an apply button right on there if you want to actually start your Profit First journey with someone who can actually walk you through those step by step and help you know and grow your cash flow. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Profit First REI podcast. See you next episode.